Let man keep his way pure by keeping your word. I have sought you with all my heart. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Lord, may you be blessed. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I proclaim all the judgments from your mouth. I rejoice in the way revealed by your decrees as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and think about your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Father, we thank you for your word. Pray, Lord, that the written word might ever be the living word in our hearts, in our minds, and in our lives. Put to action what we know you have said. Strengthen our walk and our talk with you. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe seated. Last week we talked about a couple things. We dealt with uh, the different lights we talked about, or the lamps rather. We dealt with a reading lamp. We dealt with a heating lamp. We dealt with a traveler's lamp. We dealt with a miner's lamp. We dealt with a safety lamp. We dealt with a lighthouse lamp. And we also, I think there's one more, yes, we dealt with a night lamp. All those different aspects of light and what those, each one of those meant. Today we want to take the lamps and that fact that it emanates light and we just want to talk about the light of the word. That how the word is what we need to intake and what we need to have in our everyday life. There is a prison in, I believe it's in Louisiana, called Angola Prison. It is one of the most notorious prisons in the United States. I think one time, long, long time ago, I went up by where the Ohio State Penitentiary used to be. And I saw that place, I said, that is not a place I would like to go. It didn't look good, and you could just tell, just from the outside, it wasn't a pretty place. This prison in Louisiana has some of the most notorious criminals that have committed atrocious crimes within the United States. You, you lead up to your imagination the worst thing that you can think somebody can do. And in that prison are men who have committed that. But one of the amazing things that has happened is that the warden there, along with some other people, has allowed Bible studies and the teaching and the preaching of the word of God to be take place in that prison. As a result, but only God could pull this off, but as a result, what has happened is that not everybody, but many of the men that are there, their lives have forever been changed. A transformation, a genuine transformation. These hardened criminals, these men who have committed such horrible crimes after they were involved in a Bible study, after they were exposed to the preaching of the Word of God. Many of them have professed Christ to the point that they are an entirely different person. The warden has made a statement. He said, you know what? 
I, I remember what it was like in the old days when it was wide open and you name it, and it was going on. But somehow, by the teaching of the Bible, by the effect of the word of God, what has happened is many of the lives has changed to the point that the, the climate within the prison itself is way more different than it was in years past and gone. I said all that to say this. It is the power of the word of God that will change the lives and the hearts of men and women, boys and girls. And in this 119th Psalm, we, we learn about how, and the whole Psalm, throughout each, from one, verse 1 to 119 to the very end, the interesting thing about this Psalm is that each verse of this Psalm has something or refers to the Bible. Almost every single verse, maybe for us, except for a couple, each verse refers to the Bible. I don't think we take into account how important it is for us to intake and have the word of God, not just to read it and not just to study it, but to read it and study it so that as a result, it changes us. I know of nothing as I have read through the Bible that speaks to the fact that you read the Bible and nothing happens to you. For every person that I have read about in the Bible, and even, even, even in my own personal life, as I have exposed myself and as others have exposed themselves to the reading of the Word of God, it's supposed to and has changed our and my life. It changes our perspective to the point that it's not about my thoughts and my actions and what I want to do. I'm pursuing after and I'm trying to understand what God wants me to do. So in this 119th Psalm, we're going to see the power of this word. He talks out, he says, how can a young man keep his way pure? Very simple, by keeping his word. Young man could be anybody, really. But here's the thing. The younger you start out in life doing the right thing, the easier it is. The part of the problem with us, uh, most of us in this room right now today is we're old and we're older. And as a result, as a result, it's hard to teach sometimes a new, uh, new tricks to an old dog. We're setting our ways. We ain't going to change. And we even make the statement, I don't I'm not changing for nobody. Well, that's evident by some of the lies that we live in the way we do things. But we live in a world that change is happening every single day. If you don't learn how, and I don't learn how to adjust, not to the sake, for the sake of just giving up what we stand for, but understand that the world is different than it was last year, let alone in the last 15, 20, 10, 15, 20 years. It's a whole dire different world. People no longer think like you and I think. The young people that are coming up in today, our children and our grandchildren are living in a world that is entirely different from the way most of us were raised and brought up and have been taught. And if we as a church, but as we as a people don't know how to adjust, we will be and have been left behind. It's just that simple. They no longer think like, and, and in this verse he says, a young, how can a young man keep his way pure? Very simple. By keeping 
God's word. And it's a whole lot easier to do that when we're younger than when we get older. Next, we're, in the next few verses, he talks, the next second verse, he says, we are to seek God with all we have. Don't wander or stray from God's commands. The assumption here is that we know the commands and have been taught. How does he say it? He says, I have sought you with all my heart. Don't let me wander from your commands. The assumption is that we've been taught the commands so we know not how to wander. That's why it's so important. That's why, that's why people miss the mark or miss the point that one of the reasons why you need to come to Sunday school or Bible school and why you need to come to some of the small group fellowships and learn about the Bible is that it helps you know more about him. And notice how he says that. He says, I have sought you with not part of my heart, but with all my heart. What is it that you love the most? Whatever you, you give your heart to, that is where your treasure is. Amen? Man, I love my grandchildren. There is nothing I wouldn't do for my grandchild. Okay, fine. Do you have that same desire towards God? Do you have the same intensity for God that you have for your grandchild or your job or your wife? or your kids, or whatever it is that you value the most. We will do whatever we can for certain other things, but it's funny how when it comes to the things of God, so many times God is put on the back burner. Or better yet, maybe not on the back burner, but we kind of put cast God aside. If I really want to have something, if I really want to do something, guess what? I'm going to make it a point to get that thing done. But when it comes to the things of God, we're sidetracked so easily. Don't let it snow. Don't let it rain. Don't let it be so hot. And we don't have an excuse anymore. Why? Well, we got heat in the building. When it's blazing hot outside, we got air. Back in the old days, I can remember we went to church for no other reason than it had air conditioning. And we didn't have air conditioning in our house. Ah, a place to cool off. Amen. He says, with my whole heart, with all of my heart, don't let me wander from God's commands. How do I know who, what God's commands are? I have to have been taught. He says, I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. The value of scripture for our living it out, love God's ways above our own ways. We think we're right, but many times we're wrong. We have wrong thinking. We've been taught wrong things. And yes, too, sometimes we've even been brought up wrong. People did the best that they did, could with what they had at the time, but that best may not have been necessarily the right thing. There are better ways. You take that and you learn from it. Amen? A lot of the things that we were taught were great. Some things maybe not so great. But as you get into the word of God and you value God's word, you find out what really is important. His ways, not our ways, will allow us not to sin against him. How do you do that? You've got to memorize the word of God. So we need to study the word of God. Amen? Don't talk about memorization, Pastor. 
I can't remember where I put my remote. I really can't. I'm telling you the truth. We lost a remote in our house. I don't know where it's at. It's in my bedroom somewhere, I think. I don't know. I, I, I spent yesterday evening under, looking under the bed on my hands and knees, crawling, losing my light on my phone. I don't know where it's at. I can't remember where I put it. So when I go home today, I'm going to start to search all over. It's someplace I broke my routine. Now, if I can't remember that, why is it I'm telling us today, memorize the word of God? Huh? Have you ever forgotten anything? Have you ever, the other day, yesterday, I think it was, my wife was vacuuming. We have a little attachment to the vacuum, a little thin thing that you could stick down and, you know, for your cushions and stuff. She said it in plain sight. She comes to me and says, do you know where I put that at? I go, I have no idea. You just had it in your hand. She said, I don't know where it's at. I did the same thing. I said something on the same place, almost right beside it. Where was it? It was on, we walk out of our family room, right there on the table, sitting uh, with a snake that would have bit us, was the thing that I sat down, and I couldn't remember where I said it, and the attachment to the vacuum. Just that quick. Forgot. And I'm telling us, memorize the word of God. Yes. Why? Because it's the memorization and the study of the word that will help us through life. That verse 11 has been on my mind for months. I wake up many mornings and I, I, I quote that about how I have, you know, help me to treasure your heart, your word that I might not sin against you. I don't know why, but for the last several months, that's, I wake up and that's on that's, that's part of my morning wake-up routine. Lord, help me to study and know your word that I may not. Help me to live right that I may not sin against you. But the memorization of scripture, the studying of it, the value of the Bible. Verse 12 really tells us we need to be teachable. Lord, may we be blessed. Teach me your statutes. Amen. Lord. Help me to be teachable. There's always a better way of doing some things. Amen. But we've always done it that way. Well, yeah, but now there's another, there's a better way. It's like traveling in your car. You're used to the same routine. The other day I was going, we were going somewhere on the other side of town, and I thought, okay, if I leave from the church and go up Randolph and around and the backside, and then go down Nelson, and then go down. Is that quicker, or should I go through town? And we did it. We tested it out. I think we're coming to your house. We went the back way, down Center Road, out to whatever, cross. Uh -huh. Then we came back 68, straight through town. I think there was a difference of a minute, two minutes. So which is the better way? Depends on traffic. But in our life, we need to be teachable. Because many times we think that routine of going a certain way and doing a certain thing has always worked. Why change now? But there may be a better word, better way. And God says in his word, the psalmist is saying in his word, be teachable. Be flexible. Learn new things. The challenge for many of us in this church that are older, we have an aversion to technology, many of us. Oh, <laughs> 
No. Mm-mm. Can't do it. Not that I can't. I'm not even going to even try. Problem with that is you're missing out on so many blessings. The way of the check has gone almost bye-bye. Currency one day will probably not even exist. Why? The little card you got in your wallet from the bank, your debit and credit card. Back in the old days, you used to watch, uh, I'm trying to think of somebody, one of those cooking shows, whatever they were. They would say, send a self-addressed stamp envelope and we'll mail you the recipe back to you. No, you, you notice they're not saying that, right? You watch these cooking shows. All you got to do is download. They'll send it to you. Get just by email. And even that's going by the way of the way. Everything's on apps. The other day I was looking at some of my bills, which I pay automatically. I don't even write a check anymore. And I thought, huh, why am I going into my email to get Spectrum when I could, if I had a Spectrum app, it just automatically, yeah. And everything is an app now. You name it, it's an app. If you want an app, you can have an app for yourself, I guess. New ways of doing things. We, we don't want to embrace it because, number one, we, not, we may not understand it. Number two, we have a fear. But here's the thing. He talks about, he says, now look, if we're going to be teachable, we're going to learn. With everything that is good, there is some bad. Amen? When the, when, they, when the Model T Ford car came out, it was a great thing. No more horse and buggy. We got a, a vehicle that can make, help us get to our destination now. Great invention. But you know what happened with the car? It's also the same thing was a blessing. It's also a curse. How you figure faster? Sometimes people get killed by driving a car. Amen? Didn't stop you from doesn't stop us from driving. We still drive it, knowing the risk. Is technology that bad? Depending on who's using it. It's like television. Great instrument, a lot of information on it, but there's some bad stuff on there as well. You know what makes television bad for some of us? Is that we don't have self-control to control what channel we're flipping to. You're the master of your own destiny. If you got Spectrum television with all those channels and some of those channels you shouldn't be looking at, guess what? The TV doesn't go there automatically. You have to hit the button. You have to press 1155 or whatever it is for it to come up. The TV just doesn't come up with that. If you're watching and listening to stuff that you shouldn't be on your radio, it's not because the, t- the radio does. You have the power. And guess what? In our lives, we have the power to live right before God. He says, in 12, teach me your statutes. Verse 13, here it is. With my lips, I proclaim all the judgments from your mouth. Verse 14, I rejoice in the way revealed by your decree as much as in all riches. I rejoice. How many of us in here are really genuinely happy, content? That means happy and content doesn't mean you got everything you want, but it means when you look at your life, you know what? I've been blessed. I can sing the song, It Is Well With My Soul. 
Is everything perfect? No. All my problems, do I still have problems? Yes. But when I look at the totality of it all, God's been good. He says, I rejoice in the way revealed by your decree. As he's reading the Bible, as he's studying the word of God, he's rejoicing at what God has said in his word. Then he says in 15 and 16, you know what? Here it is. I will meditate on your precepts and think about your ways. Meditation. Many of us think meditation is, um, That's not necessarily what he's talking about. The idea is you take what the word of God is saying and you let it percolate. You let it ferment. You just kind of dwell on it. Just kind of let it just sit there and go over and over. And then it comes down and from your mind into your heart and then from your heart into the way you and I live and walk in our very being. I used to love when I worked at A&P back in the old days. It's right down there where the FOE or whatever it is there on the corner there, Lincoln and Sugar Tree. I can't remember my first manager, Mr. Pan was his name. One of my, part of my job was I had to ground coffee. I don't drink coffee. I don't like coffee, really. I mean, other than back in that day and even today, the smell. Fresh ground. Oh, my God. Uh, people come in, uh, can I get a bag of whatever ground coffee? Sure. I go over for them, but that that aroma would be like, oh yeah. Then when they, everybody said, when you get to college, you're gonna be drinking coffee. I go, no, and I didn't, and I still don't. But just the idea of that, I just smell that just kind of goes. It's like at Christmas and and and, and Thanksgiving, the house, the aromas, the smell, the smell of fall is in the air. All of a sudden, you go, man. Well, you know it's Christmas when you got to put on sweaters. It's a little brisk outside. And, and, and in the house, you got the, the smell, especially on Thanksgiving morning when the smell of the turkey is on, the pies, all the food that we eat that we don't eat. That, that's the idea of meditation. It just kind of just gets into your soul. And he says, I will meditate on your precepts and think about your ways. I will delight in your statutes. And here it is. I will not forget your word. I've read it. Maybe I'll even study it. It doesn't go in one ear and out the other. It stays with me as I travel along life's journey. I don't know why that verse 11 stuck in my, has been stuck in my, in my brain, but it has been. Maybe I'm trying to tell the Lord I don't want to sin against him. Help me this day. You know, Lord, help me on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then back again Sunday to watch my way that I may not sin against you. Here's some other verses that tie into the word as light. The word as the changing agent in my life. Psalm 1, 2. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction, and he meditates on it day and night. Psalm 1, 19, 72. Instruction from your lips is better for me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Somebody says, you know what? I'd rather have the gold and silver pieces than 
the meditation of the word. No, you really don't. You want to be able to meditate and, the, and have the instruction from his lips. For that is better for you and for me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Psalm 119.64, Lord, the earth is filled with your faithful love. Teach me your statutes. Psalm 119.64, Lord, the earth is filled with what? Your faithful love. God is faithful. Somebody said it. And you could what? Trust him. He was faithful how? He woke you and I up this morning. He was faithful how? He allowed some of us, brother, back there, travel from Hillsboro to Wilmington. Travel from wherever you live at to ride safely here at 225 Randolph Street. And when it's all said and done, you're going to get back in that same car and, Lord willing, get back to the same place that you came from. How? Safely. His faithful love. You went to bed last night, and I dare say nobody stayed up and watched their furnace and everything else of the house all night long. You did finally go to sleep. Why? Because God's favor was on you that while you slept, no hurt, harm, or danger came to you. Nobody busted your windows out, came into your house, and tried to steal your possessions. Your furnace didn't malfunction, caused the house to uh, catch on fire. There was no explosion from your gas line, all that. It is a thousand and one. You yourself was spared. Your heart still beat. Your blood still circulated. All the things that we have no control over. Why? God's what? Favorable love. You're getting ready to send your kids back to school or in school, out of school, wherever they're going. You're getting ready to go back to work or do whatever you do. Guess what? God's favorable love is that so far you've made it through 2020 unscathed. You have not contracted COVID-19. And maybe some of your loved ones may have, and if they have, then hopefully they came out all right. That's a blessing. That's what? God's favorable love. Last Sunday when I was talking about Brother, Mo <coughs> excuse me, Brother Morton, I told him after church, I said, man, I wasn't trying to get you upset by what I was saying. He said, oh, no, Pastor. I understood. I, I'm, I'm good. I said, oh, I wasn't trying to get you to, you know, bring up bad memories. But here's the thing. In the midst of the bad memories is joy. As Tyler would say, joy unspeakable and what? Full of glory. In the midst of sorrow, God gives us joy. Amen? It's a hard thing to fathom. When I listen to people talk about, when I look at California right now, that is literally, mess, I mean, it's a mess. My wife's family, her Uncle and Sister Virginia's brother just passed away. There are so many people dying now in California that you can't even have a funeral. It's, it's postponed for weeks. In fact, funeral homes are turning people away. Uh, can we? No. <laughs> nope. Sorry. Got to go somewhere else. We, we, there's too many, too many people dying. We, we have, in the, in the words, there's no room in the inn. I can't imagine that. And yet, in the midst of all of it, when I listen to these commercials where these nurses are begging people to do the right thing, I hear the doctors and people, 
we, we make everything political and we make everything suspect in our life now. I don't know why, but we do. Is it even coming to the church? Many people don't believe that what I'm saying this morning is even relevant for their life. Really, they don't. What makes that true? So if we don't believe, and not that science is the end all to be all, if we don't believe what Dr. Fauci is saying and others are saying is a lie, if we don't believe that the election is over and the results are done, that's a lie. What makes what I'm saying and what you say about God relevant to anybody else? Huh? For the same logic that they're using for everything else is the same logic they're going to use against us. They're going to say, wait a minute. We're living in the world now that if you don't win and you lose, just contest the results. The Vikings are going to play. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to play. If they lose the game, they can claim, wait a minute, the Bengals, the Browns, whoever your team is, guess what? Wait a minute. We didn't lose the game. What do you mean you didn't lose? The score was 34 to 10. No. The referees were biased. We had calls against us. We're protesting this game in any other game that we lost. That's all you got to do. That's where we're living. Your kids are going to grow up. The little teeny tiny ones, they're living in a world now that they're going to question you as a parent. Well, wait a minute. They're going to get to a certain age. They're going to say, whoa, 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 whoa. What makes you right? And then you're going to feel like smacking them upside the head or doing something that you shouldn't do because they're, they're saying something to you like, wait a minute. Since when are you questioning who I am? Well, we've been questioning authority ever since there's been a world. In the beginning, God created the heaven and earth. And what happened? Adam and Eve questioned God. The devil convinced Eve and also Adam, wait a minute. Did God say? Oh, no, he didn't say that. No, 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 you, you misunderstood. He didn't say you would surely die. He said, lest you die. There's a question there. You may and you may not. It depends how you interpret it. That's the world we live in. So when I talk about God and his light of his word and, and God can change people and transform people, guess what? Majority of people that will hear this and may hear will say to me, you're nuts. You're crazy. Ain't no power in this Bible. And maybe to a degree they're right. Why? Because maybe it has not yet taken effect in their own personal life. If it hasn't changed you, why, how are you going to convince somebody else it's going to change them? Psalm 1, 19, 24, your decrees are my delight and my counselors. Whenever you seek counsel, you need to seek people who know something. I ain't asking everybody for counsel because most people I can think about, something, they don't know nothing. They're going to cause me to go down the wrong path. I don't want somebody to say, you know what, they're going to be honest with me. They're going to tell me the right thing. And out of the fruit of their life, I know they're not going to try to cause me to go down the wrong paths. I ain't talking to everybody. Can't tell everybody your business, even your best friend. Because that friend may not have your best. Dude, do you know? Do you know what Randy told me? Now, don't tell anybody. Don't say nothing outside of this. This is between me and you. Come on now. It's a rare person. I think I can trust David. David says I can trust me. 
then David says, I can trust Sheila. I'll tell Sheila. Sheila says, I, I ain't going to say nothing. But Sheila says, I'll trust Sister Virginia. Sister Virginia says, I can trust Missy. And then that's, that's, what is it? It's everywhere. And then some things you just need to take to the Lord and leave it there. Amen. My decrees, his decrees are my delight and my counselors. If I got a question, I need to, first let me seek God. And then after that, let me ask him to lead me to people who are going to do right. Psalm 37, 31, the instruction of his God is in his heart. His steps do not falter. The steps of a righteous man or woman is ordered by the Lord. Where you are today, look back over your life. Where you are right now, it's all because of God's gracious hand. Amen. Why are you here right now, this time, this day? It's because God's hand is upon you. Why are you living in the house you live? Why are we living in Wilmington, Ohio? It's all because of God's hand is on us, and evidently he has a work he wants us to do in this place. I look at many of our people that come here. Okay, Brother Art from Cleveland. 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 The land. Why is he in Wilmington? I bet he sometimes looks and goes, how in the world did I ever end in this little small town with these sometimes small-minded people that don't want to progress? I come from Cleveland. I've been exposed. Hey, Sister Sigrid. New York. If you can't make it there, you can't make it anywhere. That's what the song says. Wilmington. Ohio. You ever go to a store or something and says, where do you live at? Wilmington. Where's that at? And you have to explain, well, we're between date, we're between Cincinnati and Columbus. Go up 71, we're right in the middle, sort of. An hour to Columbus, maybe 45 minutes to Cincinnati. We're west of date. I mean, did I talk to people? Do you remember DHL? Yeah, well, that's where we go. Do you remember the Keyhole Brothers? Yeah, they're shooting. Yeah, that's our that's our claim to <laughs> that's our claim to fame. Wilmington, it's like Nazareth. What good can come out of Wilmington? A whole lot of good can come out of Wilmington. Amen. You're here. That means there's some good still left. Our steps do not falter. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through hymns, psalms, hymns, and spiritual song, singing to God with gratitude in your heart, in your hearts. And Brother Randy was singing this song, and Brother David was singing this song. I put myself in the song. What can I do? What would I do? Amen? Matthew 6, 24 says, no one can serve two masters. You can't be on the side. You can't straddle the fence with this. You can't say, I'm going to serve God, and then maybe sometimes I won't. No, either one way or the other. You're going to fall on one side or the other. No man can serve two masters, since either he will hate one and love the other. You either hate God or you'll love God. And I know some of you have a hard time when I say people hate God, but honestly, they do. You love God. But there's other people in the world that don't love God. 
and there's more people that don't love God than do love God. If not for the constraining spirit of God on our country and on our people and on the world, this world would be, and I'll say it, in a hell of a mess. It already is. Can you imagine if God took his hand completely off the world? We're already in madness. If God just says, you know what, I'm and this removes the influence of the church, the little bit she still has, and I do mean little bit. This will, this, you think it's bad now? Oh, it would be horrible. You can't serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God, and he says this, you cannot serve God and money. Mammon. Money, money, money. That's what makes the world go around. No, guys. The power of God keeps the world going. You can't function without money. Get that. We just have to ask God to help us be better stewards of what he's given us. See, we think the lottery is huge right now. I just saw the commercial last night. It's up there in big, big, big money. Spend my two dollars and say, or four dollars maybe, and say, Lord, help me to win. And if I win, I'll take care of my family, I'll take care of the church, and I'll be able to bless some other people along life's journey. I'll keep enough in, in my accounts so that I could just live off the interest and set up a foundation and do some stuff. Hey, y'all have. I ain't going to lie. I played it before. I ain't going to act like I ain't never done it. Some of y'all going to act like you never played a lottery at all. And if I was asked the question, how many have played a lottery, I didn't ask you to raise your hand, but I know there's a few hands that will go up. I ain't lying. I was working at UPS, and they would play the lottery every when they got real big. Tom Bayana would go down to Louisville and buy tickets, and they, everybody would give their two bucks or whatever. I'm like, oh, no. yeah. Here's my, here's my two, because y'all ain't going to win and leave me out because I didn't put my $2 in. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm just telling you. I'm not, I, I, I try to tell you all the time. I ain't perfect like all y'all are. I got faults. I got foibles. Don't follow me home because you'll find out. Just, just ask my wife. She'll tell you. Really, you say, this pastor, yes. You want me to start naming them? One, two, three, four, five. You can't serve God in money. We think the fallacy is we think if we get it, we're going to do right. Well, let's, let's just understand this. You haven't done right with God, what God has already given you. The little bit God has given you, we have not done right with. What makes us think that if we get a whole lot more, we're still going to do right? That's not good logic. That's not how God operates. Be faithful over little I'll make you ruler over much. The little he's given, we haven't done right with. So we're asking God to override what he's, his principle so that I love you, God. And if you really help me to win the lottery, I'll really love you. The one thing that came out of all of this, three points, and I'm done. In this psalm, in that verse that talks about very, right there at the very beginning, how can a young man keep his way pure by keeping your word? Point one, the best thing is his word. The best thing 
in that verse is his word. There are a lot of good things, but the best thing of all is his word. Second thing, that word is hidden in the best place. What is it? Our heart. best thing is his word. It's hidden in the best place, which is our heart. And for the best purpose that I might not sin against him. The best place, the best thing rather, his word. Hidden in the best place, our heart. And for the best purpose, why? That I might not sin against him. Just think about that when you wake up in the morning. What's the best thing? His word. Where has it been hidden in the best place? In my heart. Thank you, Jesus. Your word is hidden in my heart. And what's the purpose? What's the best purpose for that? So that I might not sin against God. So that I might not sin against him. The best place, the best purpose. And the best thing all comes out of his word. Amen. 2021, for some of us, needs to be a dynamic year. Some of us got, many of us have some decisions we have to make. We've been putting it off. The devil's a master of getting us to procrastinate. Gives us, we got tomorrow. You know, each, each tomorrow keeps clicking by. I'll do it tomorrow. Well, tomorrow comes. Oh, I'll do it the next day. And, the next, and then before you know it, you know, we find ourselves not even doing it at all. But whatever it is that you need to do, I pray that this will be the year that you allow God to change you. Say, God, I want to be used by you in 21. I'm tired, of play, I'm tired of being on the sidelines. I need to be on the front lines. The other day, I was, the other few weeks ago, I was with Pastor Latimer. He had stopped by. And we got talking about Moses and Aaron and her. They were having a battle, and every time Moses had his hands up, they, the Israelites would win the battle. When he got tired, his hands went down, they would lose. Guess what? I need and we need to have our Aaron and Ur's beside us. What did the Aaron and Ur do? They held up Moses' hands so that victory would be in the camp. This battle is too big for any one man to try to fight by himself. There's got to be people that come alongside you and come alongside me and say, I'm willing to help lift your arms. The battle's too big. You need some help. Let me, let me. Hold your arms up. You need to come alongside somebody in your life sometimes, and you see them struggling, and they're just almost ready to give up. What you say is, I'm here. I'm going to help you make it. I'm going to lift your hands. I'm going to lift your arms up. Victory is ours. We're going to make it. We're going to pull up our pants and tighten up our belt and suspenders. This is the best time. To fight the battle. Because people need to hear the message. That Jesus Christ 
is the reason. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life.